to our FaithBridge Women's Podcast, where we're exploring faith lived out. I'm your host, Ashley Irvin, and I'm so excited that you joined us for our episode today. Today, we're going to be talking about missions and specifically missions here at FaithBridge. We have what we call The Road, which is our missions program, and we send out students' teams all throughout the summer to different locations where they get to serve and be on mission together and grow closer to Christ through serving. Um, And what's really cool is that not only do we do that in the summer with our students, but we also do that in the fall and spring with our adults. So today I want to talk to you guys and I have a couple of awesome ladies here with me. They're going to tell you about their experience serving on our Women's Encounter, which is our women's road journey for adults, where we got to partner with Mission Waco in Waco, Texas and uh, serve people there and put on a little VBS as well as doing some work projects around uh, Mission Waco's uh, around their buildings. So uh, I want to welcome Cindy and Erin. They're both here with me today to talk about their experience. So Cindy and Erin, why don't you both kind of tell us a little bit about who you are and how much you've been involved around FaithBridge before going on the Women's Encounter. Well, hey, I'm Erin Williams. Um, I have been at FaithBridge since April of 2017, so a little over seven years. Um, I started attending as a single mom. um, And once I got here, I just really wanted to get plugged in. So I got plugged into a few different things. And then uh, shortly after brought my kids who were little at the time. Uh, In fact, we were still in the portable buildings, if anybody can remember those. Um, So yeah, I just got in here, got plugged in, I started serving um, on serve teams, Um, tried out a couple of different serve teams until I finally over maybe the past year have figured out where my fit is. So it only took seven years to find a good fit. Um, But currently I serve with the uh, production and worship team. So that's been a lot of fun. Um, And we just love being here at FaithBridge. It's been a great church for me and my family. Yeah, we're so glad you're here too. Yeah, thanks. And I'm Cindy Metry, and I've been at FaithBridge for about 21 years now. Um, My husband and I are involved in discipleship and small groups um, and serve teams. Uh, Currently, I'm on the host team, which is fun because you get to meet all the new people. Um, And we have a small group that meets on Sundays, which is wonderful and lots of community in that. And then we've both done mission journeys and um, all those kinds of things. Yeah, awesome. We're so glad you're here too, Cindy. So I want to hear from both of y'all, what kind of prompted you to go on this women's journey? Like, was there a process where God kind of showed you that's what you needed to do? Like, just tell me a little bit about that process for each of you. Yeah, so um, for me, I actually wasn't thinking about it uh, at the time. Uh, Shanae and Ashley actually approached me and they're leading the trip and we're incredible leaders and they're just such fun women to be around and Um, I always feel encouraged when I'm around them. Mm -hmm. So they had asked me and my instinct was yes, but then I started doubting that. Um, Mm -hmm. I started thinking, oh, is this really a good time? I have kids in school. I have, you know, so many other things I need to do. Um, And so it kind of made me backtrack a little bit and doubt that I should be going. Yeah. Um, But after talking to my husband and um, just talking through some of those fears and worries, I just decided I was going to step out in faith and do it. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a good way for me to show my children Mm -hmm. that we need to push ourselves to get out of our comfort zones. Um, So it was definitely uncomfortable for me. Yeah. But we'd been teaching our girls a lot about being brave. Yeah. And so um, they did not want me to go, especially my older one. She was struggling with mommy being gone for that long. But it was also a sweet way 
for us to have something we were going to be brave about together. And so we were able to push through and just celebrate that when I got back, just celebrate how I got out of my comfort zone Mm -hmm. and celebrate how she was able to be brave while I was gone. And it was just a really beautiful um, teaching moment for us as a family as well. I love that. I love that it not only impacted you, but your family also secondhand from all that as well. Yeah. It's awesome. What about for you, Erin? So for me, um, this was kind of our first experience uh, with the road for as long as we'd been here. This was our first one. Um, So my sons, who are now 12 and 14, went on their first road journeys this summer. Um, The one who's now 12 had done um, the day trip areas um, in Houston. So with hunger, that was his his road journey. And then um, my 14-year-old now, was with Lubbock. So he went on the Lubbock journey and they both came back and I could really see how much they enjoyed it. Um, just from conversations with them, they had talked about, you know, kind of what God did in their lives and what God did in the lives of other people. And to hear them so excited about service just really got me excited to do the same thing. And so, um, kind of like Cindy, it was, it was a little bit of a stretch for me, um, just trying to figure out how I was going to be gone for that week and, you know, how my husband would, um, navigate the kids situation by himself and just, you know, how work was going to be when I came back and all of that. And so, um, that was a little bit of stretch for me as well, but, um, I just kind of trusted in God and knew that he would take care of the rest if I just said yes. And so I just said yes. That's awesome. Well, I love that you both bring up to like, I think as women and especially as the mom in the home, like you carry extra mental labor when you're gone and you're, you know, you're carrying that mental labor of are your, how are your kids going to get their meals? If you're the one providing meals every day, like how are they going to make sure to do their homework? Um, not that your husbands aren't also doing that, but you carry that, like, how are they going to be cared for while I'm gone? So I know that was a sacrifice for y'all to both walk out in faith and say, I know God wants me to do this and he's provided care for my kids and my husband as I'm gone. Like they'll be okay for a week. So yeah, yeah. I may eat Doritos and Reese's <laughs> for the entire week, but they'll be okay. That's right. It's only one week. That's right. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, did either of you guys have any experience before our trip to Waco? Uh, did y'all have any experience going on a mission trip or on a journey in even outside of Faith Bridge before this trip together? Um, my husband and I had been to Honduras. Um, we led a trip there several years ago. Yeah. Um, I also went to the other Honduras site at one point, and um, we've done a few closer trips and things like that. We've also done some vision journeys outside of Faith Bridge yeah. um, where we just kind of go and learn and educate ourselves and um, try to come back and do something about what we learn. Yeah. And that's been really special and really sweet. I, of course, love when he and I get to go together, but it was also good um, for me to go alone this time because it did stretch me more than Mm -hmm. it would if he was there with me um, just because he, I'm super comfortable with him. And so as an introvert, it's a little harder to, to push past that and choose to go, Mm -hmm. um, especially going by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure with women that you didn't know everybody going into it, you know, there's also that unknowns of like, what are the relational dynamics going to be for all of us going into that trip? So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What about for you, Erin? No. So I had never been on any kind of mission trip before. Um, I had done 
different serve opportunities here and there, um, whether it was through church or work or a nonprofit organization um, that I've partnered with or various nonprofit organizations that I've partnered with. Um, So I'd have had lots of different serve opportunities before, but really just like four hours here, four hours here, maybe a day here. Um, So this was the longest that I had really ever been engaged in any kind of activity like this. And so, yeah, it was, it was really good. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. It was a different experience, but I loved it and would do it again. I love it. Yeah, it was a great week. What were kind of y'all's expectations going into the week? Like, did you have any fears or things? I mean, Cindy, you kind of touched on a little bit of that being out of your comfort zone, but like, what were the fears and things you faced going into that week? I know coming from someone who has been on a mission before and then someone who hasn't, like, I'm sure there were probably common fears even for all of us in that too. Yeah. So, um, I think there were several for me. Um, one was of course my daughter who was just not happy about me going. Um, it was more of a fear and anxiety, uh, welting up within her. And, um, but at the same time, it was a sweet moment to turn it around and be teachable. Yeah. But I also had to choose to be brave. Yeah. Um, I think just the things that they would have to do around the house and those kinds of things just to make, you know, lunches and dinner and all those things. Um, I kind of worried about that a little bit, but my husband said it was just really sweet to see them step up and be responsible. Um, they're in third and fifth grade. So, um, I think so often we think our kids are not capable of doing a lot of things Mm. when they're really, truly gifted and capable. Yeah. So it was sweet for them to be able to step up and feel responsible and feel that pride of being able to help take care of things while I was gone. Yeah. Well, and what an opportunity, like you said, not only for you to step out in faith, but for them too to have the opportunity to step up while you're gone, you know, like they don't need, need you to do those things anymore and are starting to become independent and able to do those things. And even for your husband to have that time with them that I'm sure was so special Mm -hmm. and important, just like you said, for you to go on mission without him and see how God kind of took that and, and, did great things through your time in Waco with us. Yeah. I'll also say I felt a little high maintenance, even though I'm pretty low maintenance human. (laughs) (laughs) I tend to get a little car sick on longer drives. And so um, there were just several things. I have a food allergy and all these kinds of things. And so I felt pretty high maintenance. Um, But just to see the team come around me and love me well, um, to make sure I was in the front so that I wouldn't get sick and just to make sure that the food was safe and all those things that happened in order for me to stay healthy the entire time and for me to be able to be there. Mm -hmm. And that was just really sweet. And it just made me appreciate the people I was with even more. Yeah. Well, and what a picture of community too, that we, you gave us the opportunity to serve you in those things. And so, you know, like, I'm sure that that's uncomfortable saying I need this or, you know, this is something that I need to be able to live and be okay, like with what I'm eating, Um, but an opportunity for us to serve and care for you as community does for each other. So yeah, absolutely. It was beautiful. Yeah. What about for you, Erin? What were some fears kind of going into this journey? Well, kind of like Cindy mentioned, um, I had a little bit of anxiety just around the team itself, um, just because there are a lot of big personalities that were going on this, you know, I'm one of them, but, um, like we just each brought something very different to the table and just in our planning sessions leading up to this, I was like, Oh my 
goodness, how is this all going to come together? Like, yeah, how yeah. are we going to live <laughs> together for a week and serve together and plan together and all of yeah. this stuff? Um, but it was just really incredible because what I went with anxiety about ended up being like one of the biggest blessings I walked mm. away with. And I came away with several new, you know, what I hope to be really good girlfriends yeah. after this. Um, but just like you said, um, we were able to kind of care for one another and yeah. love one another. And that was something that I don't know what was going on in my head, but I just didn't see that um, yeah. like as being a possibility from coming away with this trip. You know, I yeah. thought, right. oh, we're going to go and we're going to do some good work and then we're going to go our separate ways. And I right. just feel like we um, we really came together on such a deep level and mm -hmm. God was able to use all of us and all yeah. of our big personalities. Yeah. And, yeah. And there was a lot of bonding. I yeah. think there was that was so really much beautiful. bonding. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Just every opportunity where we were serving in, you know, various small groups. And it was like, yeah. I could see each of us intentionally like serving with somebody else the next time, just so we yeah. would have a, time you know, a chance, everyone. yeah, a mm -hmm. chance with everybody. So, you know, that was, um, some fear that I had going into it. And then I had some more super superficial fears, kind of like, how am I going to sleep without white noise? <laughs> you know, right. and, and things like that. Um, so, but it was, it was good. Nothing, nothing too serious that we couldn't overcome. Right. Yeah. And I think you make such a good point because I, I, what I loved about seeing all of us serve together last week was it was so many people from different backgrounds, different personalities, different mm -hmm. stages of life even, and how God brought us all together. And there, there wasn't any drama, <laughs> which was awesome <laughs> for a group of women that didn't know each other. But especially how I think, like we've already touched on, like the way that we were able to care for each other because we saw past the differences and the, mm -hmm. the different things we brought to the table and saw them as when we put all these together, there's strength in our team because we are mm -hmm. well-rounded from all the different aspects yeah. that someone brings to the team. And, um, and like you said, I think, um, I, I used to have a director that would tell us five ways that you build relationship with someone. And it starts by being in proximity, sharing a meal, having fun together, working or serving together and then suffering together. And, and we I did think, all of those yeah, things. Yeah, we got to do, not that we were suffering, but, but I think there's an aspect of serving where, um, you go so much deeper with people. And like mm -hmm. you said, when we're spending that time in intentional small groups together, whether it's raking the leaves out of the yard or, you know, like uh, moving the soil around together, like that's where uh, doing that side by side work, I think God knit our hearts together mm -hmm. in a way that unified us that even I was kind of surprised of like how smooth it went for all of us mm -hmm. to be together, yeah, but with yeah. such a blessing of community in the end, like mm -hmm. an, an unforeseen blessing probably yeah, going yes. into the trip. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So what would you guys share? Let's get into kind of like what we did while we were there. Like, what would you share that you saw God do in the things that we did? And maybe kind of talk about some of those things that we were able to be a part of um, that impacted you as you were serving. Yeah. So, um, there were so many mm -hmm. areas that I could talk about. Um, one of them is worshiping at church under the bridge. Yeah. And that is just such a beautiful ministry. Mm -hmm. Um, and for those of you listening, it's, it's really just a ministry where all people come together, homeless people, affluent people, all people come together yeah. and worship. And as I looked, I saw like, it just seemed very much like what God's call for yeah. our lives would be um that we see each other as Christ sees them mm -hmm. sees us and um it was just beautiful and one of their the way that they actually get people into serve is to put them in places that bring them the most joy mm -hmm. and um 
I hadn't really thought about that before. But what we saw was a man playing a guitar, but I don't think there were actually guitar strings on it. Yeah. um, (laughs) Because he was not okay mentally, but um, he was worshiping Jesus Mm -hmm. with just such joy. Mm-hmm. and he didn't care that there weren't guitar strings. He was going to pretend that he was playing that guitar. Yeah. And there was another man who was on stage just worshiping in the most beautiful way and hands raised to God, and just you could see in his face that he was so grateful to be there. Yeah. That he was so grateful to be serving. He was grateful to be in that place and accepted where he's yeah. at. Um, and that the people around him were not seeing him as some homeless man, mm-hmm. but rather a child of Christ. And yeah. so it was just really beautiful to see the body of Christ come together in such a unique way. Mm-hmm. But it really is a reflection of what I feel like the Lord calls us to. Yeah, that unified, like so many different people from different backgrounds together. Mm-hmm. I think, and that impacted me too, seeing, you know, people who you might look at on the street and say, what's wrong with them? Or, you know, mm-hmm. like if you're making those snap judgments, but everyone belongs here together because it's God's kingdom and everyone does belong in God's kingdom. And so seeing that lived out in such a tangible way, which, you know, we just don't see every day um, because a lot of us are surrounded by people who look and act just like we do. And so I think having that outside exposure was so impactful for sure. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So I think what impacted me the most, um, there's one particular night that um, that kind of comes to mind. And um, really, just to give you guys a picture, what we did was, you know, during during the day, we did um, some different serve projects for Mission Waco, really just anything that they needed us to do um, that they didn't necessarily, you know, have funding for because they don't mm-hmm. have full-time people to clean up the park for their event or, you know, um, they don't have full-time people employed just to go help with this um, apartment complex and kind of yeah. fixing it up for the next resident. So. We did service projects during the day or during the morning. And then after lunch, we would kind of come back and um, do a training. And one of our trainings was on the homeless population. And, you know, we just learned about different parts of Mission Waco. Um, In the afternoon, we would run a street camp for the kids, um, for the kids at one particular apartment complex. And it was a low-income apartment complex. And so we had a an amazing time doing that. And hopefully yeah. we'll talk more about that. Yeah. Um, but then in the evenings we led chapel for the local homeless shelter, um, in downtown way. I don't know if you call it downtown Waco. Is it downtown? Waco? I'm not sure. Okay. <laughs> it's uh, close to downtown. It's, if it's close not downtown. To downtown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, we led chapel for the homeless shelter and, um, the second night that we were there, um, we were singing a song. Bear with me as I kind of go in this lengthy story, but, we were singing a song that I wasn't super familiar with. In fact, I'd only heard it the night before for the first time. Yeah. Um, and I didn't have lyrics in my hand, right? So I, I just made this decision that I was going to go ahead and um, close my eyes and just worship in silence, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to just be silent, listen to the words of the song, and just really take in this moment. We were outdoors at the shelter. It was just a really beautiful time. And uh, one of the ladies on our trip with us, um, her name is Stacy. She had walked up to a lady um, who was staying at the shelter and beforehand, and she had said, "Hey, can I sit next to you?" And yeah. they were on this bench. I mean, like we probably weren't socially distanced. There's probably like <laughs> just a good five or six inches in between them. But yeah. the uh, the lady, her name was Dee Dee. She was like, "Absolutely, sit here." 
So during this time of worship and the song that I had never heard, um, about halfway through the song, I felt like God was telling me to just open my eyes, like mm-hmm. just open your eyes, take all this in and be present. And, um, here's Stacy who was on our, our, uh, journey with us and she's singing and she's got her hands raised and her eyes are closed. And I'm like, wow, this is beautiful. And then right next to her is Dee Dee who had the lyrics that we had printed out for, um, for anybody that needed them. And she's just singing her heart out, reading the mm. lyrics off of this sheet. And in that moment, I was just wrecked because I was like, here are these two different people from two different walks of life, mm-hmm. you know, with very different experiences. And yet they're worshiping God in their own way. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's the same way, right? Yeah. Just with a heart of love for God. And it mm-hmm. was just so beautiful. And so um, I think of all the images that I take away with me from the trip. That was the one that really impacted me the most. Yeah, it was so beautiful. And I think when we take that step of courage to step outside of like what our daily is, like God shows us those things like that. Like I think Mm -hmm. if any of us had chosen not to step outside of our comfort zones at home to go and be a part of this, this trip with people that we weren't, we didn't know very well. And the, you know, unforeseen what our serving, we didn't even really know what serving projects we'd be doing or what to expect very well with chapel or doing street camp in the afternoon with the kids at the apartment complexes, but where, when we took the step of obedience and faith, because God called us, he met us with great blessing and perspective. And I think left us all, I'd say probably all of us would say, you know, how much it was a blessing for us as much as we were serving and, and hoping to be a blessing to others. And I think that's what always astounds me on any time that I'm serving or doing something that God always meets me when I choose to give my life away and like does something for me. So for y'all in those experiences, like as you've thought through those moments that were impactful, like what are things that you took away from our time together that you wanted to bring back home with you um, that may make you want to steward your life in a different way? Or maybe it's even just a small change. Like what were some of those things for y'all? Yeah, for me, um, just understanding the story of Mission Waco and how it started with just a couple taking some homeless people to lunch and telling them about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And they repeated it week after week because these homeless men were not comfortable walking into a church. Yeah. Um, which I, I totally understand where they're coming from. I mean, I, I think it would be an uncomfortable situation. Yeah. Um, but the beauty behind it is that they saw a need. They pursued these people mm-hmm. and shared the gospel with them. Yeah. And it's just grown from there yeah. into a church and into a community center and into a shelter and all these other areas mm-hmm. where they're able to serve just based on one couple's faithfulness yeah. to truly see people as Christ sees them mm-hmm. and not to judge them before they know them. Yeah, um, And I think so often we can just see people and assume the worst about them mm. without giving it a second thought. Yeah. And that's not what they did. They chose to pursue them, to know them, to truly know them, um, and to really just be in community with them. Mm. And so I thought that was really beautiful, and it just kind of reminded me of the different opportunities we have here in Houston. I mean, there's so many Mm -hmm. that we could be part of. Um, Bridging for Tomorrow is just right down the road. It's five miles away. Yeah. And... It's so close, yet it's so hard sometimes for us to make that time. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but it doesn't have to be extravagant. It doesn't have to be a journey, which I do think everybody should go. Yeah. But at the same time, you can make a difference right where you're at. Right. By just taking that step of faith. Yeah. Doing something small, taking somebody to lunch. Yeah. Getting to know somebody, Mm -hmm. um, going and serving in a place that might need some volunteers. Yeah. Um, I just, every time I think about that, it just kind of breaks my heart a little bit that we don't see people as Christ sees them so often. Mm -hmm. Um, And also just thinking about lost opportunities, like were there lost opportunities that we didn't take? Yeah. Because it wasn't comfortable. Yeah. Um, So just trying to be mindful of that, be mindful of others and just Mm -hmm. see them as Christ sees them. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I love the idea of like, it's changing our perspective from looking so much at like what is serving me and what is going to serve my family and all that, but saying I'm okay with being uncomfortable and seeking out the people that are around us. And I I love what you said too. Like it doesn't have to be us choosing to go on this mission trip, but it it's a moment by moment. Where's God giving you opportunity right in front of you to be uncomfortable and take that step and see where he meets you in that. Cause that blessing that comes through being on that trip and giving that week away also happens in the moment by moment when you say yes and, and choose to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think for me, um, one of the things that, that, um, I'm taking away with me, um, we had played a game. This sounds so silly, but we played a game that Mission Waco had developed called surviving the streets or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's a, it's basically a game that it's a board game and it teaches you kind of how you would navigate the streets if you were homeless and you you roll the, you roll the die um, or you roll the dice or spin the spinner or whatever. And you basically have just a lot of random luck. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, in this one scenario, maybe you get to the shelter and the shelter's full. Well, you tried to go to the shelter. So now what's your option now that the shelter's full? Do you sleep on the street? Do you try to find a friend that has a car. Well, you may not have friends according yeah. to this game. So like yeah. there were just a lot of different areas of being homeless in particular um, that I had never considered before. Cause yeah. I think, you know, just here where we live in the suburbs, just a very affluent area. Like it's really easy to get in the mindset of, Oh, people are homeless because they choose to be. Yeah. Um, and I know I'm not the only person that's thought that for sure. And yeah. so I think just being exposed to it on such a deeper level, um, has made me come back home and really think about how I can best meet the needs of people that are in my community that are homeless. And so, um, you know, whether that's educating myself about the services that are available Mm -hmm. to people, um, or whether that's even offering a ride to somebody, you know, if I feel safe enough to do so. Um, because that was one thing we considered in the game. Like if you have a job interview, but you have to have transportation to get to said interview, how do you do that? And so that's just not something I had ever considered before. Um, so just really figuring out how to, I guess, best, best position myself to be able to serve this community better Um, because it was definitely a community that I walked away wanting to serve, um, which I did not anticipate at all. Yeah. So there was that. And then I think the other thing for me, um, having served with kids in the afternoon, kids in low income housing, um, I just saw how so much of these kids just love life and have fun and just are grateful for everything they had. And again, just coming back to, you know, affluent suburbs, it's kind of like, Mm -hmm. you know, my kids are complaining because I have, I got them the wrong 
XYZ, you know? Yeah. And, and so, um, I've really tried to use my experience to, you know, to teach my kids to be grateful for what they have and then also to be, you know, selfless with what they have mm-hmm. and, and try to give to others. Um, and so that, that was kind of what my takeaway was. From yeah, that. definitely. I think similar to you, Erin, like playing that game and seeing, all of the options that you have and how limited your resources are. Cause in the game, they give you the resources of money, social network, um, health. And what was the fourth one? I think it was like motivation. Motivation. And, yes. Yeah. And so you're constantly having to do these different tasks and it takes resources or it gives you resources. And I, I don't know that I've considered outside of like health and finances, having the resources of other people or even that motivation and how in certain circumstances when you hit bad luck or something happens that you can't go to your job interview because you don't have transportation, like all of a sudden that is a a huge resource pull and you don't have what you need and how it is that cycle that continues until there are people who advocate and and also offer resources. Mm -hmm. And and so I think for me coming back, it's similar to you, Erin, thinking about how can I change my perspective to see what resources do I have that I can offer that's outside of just money or, um, you know, just being a friend to people as well that come in my path. And I think, uh, Aaron, you shared throughout the week kind of the idea of living simply and, and how I think there's this simplicity too that, that we see in the kids and, and in the people that we were serving that week that it's like it is being thankful for the small things because there isn't an abundance of other things going on that distract us from what are the blessings God's given us. And, um, I think being able to get back to that perspective of simplicity of, I can rejoice in the small things and also share generously because I have been given generously. Mm -hmm. Um, even though I may compare myself to my neighbor and say, well, I don't have a house as big as them or whatever, like how very abundantly blessed we are and how we can share that generously with other people, not only with finances, but also like I'm thinking social network, the way I have friends who feel like family, how can I share that resource with the people that I come in contact with? I think that was so, I think you said it and it's just so important, but like just the act of being present with Mm -hmm. different people this past week, people that we wouldn't have otherwise ever had a chance to be around, Mm -hmm. um, you know, with, without this journey. And so I think just being present with people, hearing their stories, giving their stories a face, um, you know, really just legitimizing them as people, because Mm -hmm. so often these are people that are just kind of cast aside. So just really sitting with them saying, Hey, I hear you and I see Mm -hmm. you and Mm -hmm. I know you by name. Um, and then the same with the kids, you know, and these kids all have parents. So, um, these are kids that have families and and have shelter, but that may be like the minimum of what they had. So just getting to know them and having fun with them, um, was just such an amazing opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And just how valuable spending time playing kickball with them. I know. I mean, just seeing their faces light up and just how joyful they were and how excited they were to kick the ball and, to have people spend time with mm-hmm. them yeah. was a big deal. Absolutely. That relational connection. It's And again, I think that's something where it's it's not just giving money or things to them, but giving time mm-hmm. and, yeah. and spending time. And I think what you both have hit on too, 
it's not only the poverty of like, it's not only for them that they are blessed by us coming, but we are blessed by the poverty we have in spirit. Like we, Mm -hmm. we are in poverty without God. And I think that they gave us a great gift of showing us that simplicity of like being able to recognize God when we're distracted by so many other things, but it's that it was a gift and blessing for us as much as there might have been gift and blessing in us being there. hundred percent. Mm-hmm. I almost feel selfish because I'm like, you know, I'm thinking about, well, what did I take away from, from this week as far as seeing God at work? And I'm like, well, so much of where I see God at work is in my own life, you know, yeah. like I just saw, and not just my life, but all of our lives, yeah. just because we spent the most time around each other. And so, right. um, I definitely almost feel selfish cause I'm like, Oh, well, I feel like God definitely did some work in me and I'm just yeah. hoping and praying that he was able to do that work, um, and everybody else yeah. that we were around. Right. And I mean, I know he can do anything, so I know that he did, but you know, I feel like when we're isolating it, I see what God did in my life right. or what God did in Ashley's life or Cindy's yeah. life. Um, so yeah, I def- definitely feel a little bit selfish for, for that for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think that's, again, kind of like I said earlier, that idea of God meets us when we take that step. And I think we get to see the great abundance of how he works in us personally, mainly because it's our experience where yeah. we're living, but seeing that and then knowing that he's also doing that in the people around us. And for sure. Yeah. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you think that, um, life will look different being home now, having experienced this? Like, are there any things that you want to put in place with your family or like yourself personally? Like what are things, even if it's outside of um, the impact of Mission Waco um, and even just the impact of being gone, like are there things that you want to put in place with your family or do differently yourself? Yeah. um, I would say there's a lot of things that I saw that I would like to change a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, We've done some things where you, you know, bless the homeless community with things. But um, I just think there's a lot of opportunities to serve in other capacities, Mm -hmm. whether that's serving Thanksgiving meal or um, going down to Bridging for Tomorrow and serving Mm -hmm. in the food pantry um, or in their after-school clubs and things like that. I just think there's so many opportunities all around us. I think there's Meals on Wheels that is Mm -hmm. always needing help and all these different things where – we can't do everything, but we can do something. Yeah. And so I think sometimes I tend to get overwhelmed by the need. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I've been trying to remind myself of is I can take whatever that next step of faith is, wherever yeah. God calls us to to move. And um, as believers, I think we can get to a point where we might be outraged or upset or angry about something, mm-hmm. seeing a situation, seeing um, injustice, seeing all these things, which is good, but sometimes we stop at that mm. instead of moving forward into action yeah. and into being the hands and feet of Jesus mm-hmm. and trying to move beyond just this anger about the injustice yeah. and moving into how can I help? Mm-hmm. How can I serve? How can I reflect Christ in this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think for me, it's those kinds of things, like trying to find opportunities that I can bring my kids alongside and we can do as a family where we can truly step out of our comfort zone and serve. Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. Absolutely. What about for you, Erin? I feel like I don't have anything super specific at this point, but I definitely feel God stirring in my heart. Mm -hmm. Um, Kind of like Cindy mentioned, there's like lots of different areas that that you could choose to get plugged in. And um, I think as a result of this trip, I'm even looking at things like 
fair trade and where I spend my dollars, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I'm looking at things like, well, Mission Waco really puts a large um, emphasis on the importance of living in a beautiful functioning community. Mm. And, you know, so just even figuring out how to make your community um, more beautiful for the people that live in it so that they, they want to live in it and be a part of the community. And I'm not just talking about like manicured lawns, right? But I'm right. talking about the functioning of a fully beautiful community. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just kind of exploring some of those different things. And, um, you know, I've also, I've also been um, praying about where I can tangibly serve, right? Mm-hmm. So whether that is bridging for tomorrow, whether that is finding, um, you know, a, an organization that ministers to the homeless, or whether that's just like, getting out there out of my car, like parking on, you know, in a parking lot nearby and walking over to the guy holding the sign or the woman holding the sign or whether that looks like going up under the bridge and ministering, you know, that's not even something I would have considered two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. In fact, when we arrived uh, to church under the bridge on Sunday, which I don't know if Cindy said this, but church under the bridge literally started as a church under I-35. And I guess for the past couple of years, while that bridge has been under construction, they are meeting at the Magnolia silos. But, um, I know when we first arrived, um, Kathy, who was kind of our mission Waco liaison, she was like, just go, just go around and mingle. And that thought terrified me. I'm like, what on earth do I have to mingle about? Like happy Sunday. Thank goodness we have good weather. How are you? Like that was kind of the extent of it. And now I just feel like, you know, I I feel a little bit more empowered, which I know is only through God. Um, but I feel empowered to be able to go out and just know that I can have conversations and Mm -hmm. they don't have to be perfect. And, you know, God is going to oversee that situation and, and do what he will with that. Um, so I think for me, uh, as far as like those specific things that that's kind of where I'm looking, but I definitely also feel, um, God even challenging me to more within faith bridge too, Mm -hmm. which I, I didn't expect. Um, you know, so I feel like there's different things that I could be doing even here in my church that I haven't yet done. Um, so yeah, I'm just really trying to prayerfully consider all of these options and just kind of have God shove me into whatever area he wants me to jump into. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And I think it's similar to you, Erin, I think it's a perspective shift that I've come away with that um, I think God's already been stirring in a lot of ways and just continued in this lesson while we were gone of God in sending Jesus in the gospel and where we get salvation, like he restores dignity to us where we were undignified. And I think that was the theme I saw this week of like restoring dignity to people that in mm-hmm. our culture we consider undignified or, or lazy or whatever it is, but it's restoring dignity and saying like, I need you as much as you, I, you know, society says you need me or resources mm-hmm. or whatever. It's like, mm-hmm. we all need each other. And I think it's that idea of community and stopping with the, any kind of snap judgment or where society says class wise we fall but seeing how we need each other and we are better when we are together, all together in all the different facets of life that we come from because we stop being in an echo chamber. We start hearing new perspectives. And I think like you both have hit on, it's that idea of, you know, I, um, I can't sit in 
this little pod where everyone looks and sounds like me and continue with life because it's actually very shallow and Mm -hmm. it only becomes rich and vibrant when I invite others into that. And it's an intentional thing, like not just a, while I'm gone for one week, I'll invite others in, but it's, you know, I think like you said, Kathy, who works with Mission Waco, she shares her life with these people. Like Mm -hmm. these people are friends. It's not the people she's ministering to. Like this is community. And I think that convicted me more than anything is how, how am I sharing my life to restore dignity the way that Jesus restores dignity with me, um, which was very impactful. So, yeah. And it doesn't always look shiny either. Like it's super Mm -hmm. messy. Mm -hmm. You know, she lives her life with these people and, you know, she lives in an area of town where she's had her house broken into four times because she chooses to be near, um, these people and really move in their lives. And I just thought that was awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was a great week. Well, ladies, thank you so much just for sharing your hearts and kind of what God did through the week. Um, It was a great week. If you guys listening couldn't tell, we had a great time. And if you're interested in more information about the road and your your, uh, son or daughter as a student going on the road, or even you as a man or woman, we also have men's encounters. So it's not limited to just women. But if you want any more information, we'll put in our show notes a link to Faith Bridge, our ministry of the road, so that you can find out some more information about that. But ladies, we love to end every episode the same way by asking the same question. So what is something that has brought you joy this past week? Oh, so many. Um, I would say just seeing Christ through the eyes of a child. Mm. Um, I had the opportunity to shadow a kiddo that has autism and just seeing his excitement and joy and, um, seeing him worship and just mm-hmm. get super excited to be included in the game of dodgeball or not dodgeball kickball yeah um was just so sweet mm-hmm. and just how he worshiped and how he was so eager about us coming back and he didn't want us to leave on Thursday he just wanted to keep spending time with us yeah. and so it was just really sweet to see Christ through the eyes of this little boy um mm-hmm. and then also of course just getting home and hugging my family yeah and I'm in my 40s, so sleeping in my own bed was also, <laughs> also brought me joy. <laughs> I love it. So, yeah. So it was a lot of fun. Um, it was a beautiful week. So there are so many things that I could say. But I would encourage everybody to at least consider going and yeah. pray through it. Yeah. Um, and do the hard things. Mm-hmm. So, I love it. Yeah. What about for you, Erin? Yeah, for me, it was really the same thing. Just getting to see this experience through the eyes of a child and... Um, I think back to um, to one particular time. It was on our last day there, and um, we had asked if anybody wanted to pray. And uh, <laughs> yeah. this one little girl hops up, and she's raising her hand, and she wants to pray. Well, we were all mic'd because there's, you know, like 50 kids, and it's loud. So we had a microphone <laughs> so that we could be heard that week. And so she comes up to the microphone, and, um, we, you know, we are holding it for her to pray. And she's like, I don't know what to do. And so, you know, uh, one of our, one of our leaders, uh, stepped up and led her in a prayer and she led everybody else in that prayer. And I just think it's so sweet because I don't know if this little girl has ever said a prayer in her life. She certainly Mm. never like corporately led a prayer. So that was really special. Um, and just seeing her willingness to do that and put herself out there and Mm. how much that touched my heart. And I know how much it touched God's heart. So, um, that was just really beautiful and special. So that brought me joy. And then like Cindy, just 
getting home, seeing my family, yeah. sleeping in my own bed that, that wasn't a bunk bed. That's always good. <laughs> yes, love it. Yeah. So, but it, I'm going to echo what Cindy said. It was just an amazing time. And I would also encourage everybody to do it. And I'll definitely be doing it again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Count me in Heck every yes. time. Awesome. Well, to everyone listening, thank you so much for tuning in, inviting us into your headphones, your car, your home, or even your phone speaker. We hope this conversation has been encouraging and uplifting for you today. We'll be back again next week with a new episode, but until then, my friends, have a most wonderful week. Thanks for listening to the FaithBridge Women's Podcast. Our prayer is that God would use each episode to edify and encourage your spirit as we seek to be stronger together in Christ. To hear more from FaithBridge Women and to discover other great stories of God working in the lives of FaithBridgers, head to faithbridge.org slash podcasts and subscribe today.